Welcome back, here. Hope everybody's having a good Friday night. Enjoying yourself before the uh, game Sunday night. Jay Bankley, Ron Cop, lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com, and Jed Marshall. Heard from Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com earlier, talking about the injury report. Pro Football Talk the other day put out a, a tweet and a poll. Do you want to see both AFC and NFC title game on the same day, or should they stretch one out to Monday? You know the NFL, they like to stretch things out. Yeah. They like to stretch things out and maximize the dollar. You do have the bye week next week, so it doesn't matter if you play on Monday night, uh, really. I'm good with the way it is. I think it should be NFC, then the AFC title game. You shouldn't have to wait a full day to find out who you're playing I, in a uh, title game. So I'm good with the way it is. I am too, but I will say if you're going to the game, it is a little annoying because you can't, there's no real good way to watch the NFC championship. It's at 2.30 and, and most good Chiefs fans will be tailgating out in the parking lots. Getting yeah, that part cons- does suck. <laughs> consuming the alcohol. And I don't think, I don't think uh, Arrowhead would play it on the board. I, don't, I can't remember if they've done it in the past because um, the 2018 AFC championship was, uh, was the afternoon one as well. So I can't remember, but either way, yeah, that's, that's the only problem with it because I do like, you know, no, you know, kind of having the teams not be able to know, okay, you know, we just saw this one the, the night before, so we already know who's going to be, so they have any sort of look ahead or anything, kind of eliminates that. So I kind of like that. Man, there's just so many storylines if the Chiefs get by the bench. I know. You know, the whole Brock Purdy storyline, Kyle Shanahan getting a chance at the Chiefs again, the Niners, the Chiefs rivalry from the Super Bowl. Um, and then you have a situation where the Eagles – all the Chiefs front office that came from Philadelphia. Right. Andy Reid brought a ton of people from Philadelphia. I mean, behind the scenes staff. Brett Veach even came from mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Uh, Rick Burkholder, the trainer, came from Philadelphia. So many storylines between both. You have, of course, the storyline with Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey to be the first two brothers. New Heights. Facing off in the Super Bowl, both first team all pro players. Um, and of course, Andy Reid with the 10 playoff wins in Philadelphia and Kansas City. That would be probably the juiciest. Storylines story for sure. And and if we want to go there and, and, and do the look ahead, I will say, you know, storylines is where it would where the fun would stop for me as, as a Chiefs fan, because on the field, the matchups when you're talking about Philadelphia and that's why I, I do think they're going to win the NFC championship uh, uh, this weekend. They on offense, man, I feel like they just have an answer for everything. They have every sort of thing that you don't want to see the Chiefs go up against a running quarterback, a great offensive line, great perimeter receivers. I'm, if, if you're a Chiefs fan um, and, and you want to do the look-ahead game, you you should be rooting for the Niners. I think the Eagles are going to be a, a very tough matchup for whoever surpasses. Well, the Niners are no strangers to the playoffs. I mean, they, they get no, back oh, yeah. So it's not like Kyle Shanahan took a team that's not been good. Right. Debo Samuel and that company, they bring him McCaffrey. But he's had to do it with three quarterbacks, and I think that separates things because, yeah. honestly, you look at the job he's done coaching and just to have Brock Purdy doing what he's doing. When will the magic go? Because seventh-round quarterbacks aren't supposed to be doing what he does, but he didn't ask him to do a whole lot. Yeah. That team is based on their defense and getting the ball back to the, to the offense, and George Kittle's been amazing for Shanahan. I think it's funny. I, I've been trumpeting Andy Reid, who won't get even sniff the coach of the year. Oh, my God. One of the finals. Sean McDermott's a finalist. But, and man, that's yeah. what got me mad because Andy Reid's won seven straight division titles, and I don't think voters realize or they don't take into consideration how difficult it is to win seven straight division titles. Right. Right. It's there's only one team that's ever done it more, and that's the Patriots. Andy Reid's won Coach of the Year once, 2002. He wasn't even Coach of the Year in 2013. Yeah, nine. When the and team 0. was picking first on the clock, because they say, okay, the parameters are you have to suck and then be good. Well, the Chiefs did suck because they were they were they were two wins, the first pick on the clock. Andy Reid comes in, starts off nine and zero with that team, right? Who didn't have a lead for nine weeks, getting compared to the Buffalo Bison. He makes the postseason. Okay. 
So where's your argument there? And Bill Belichick won it one year. He won 10 games the year before. So yeah. where's the argument? Then when Sean McDermott shows up at the in the top five, I, know. I, I, know. I even talked to this group from Buffalo about that. I was like, Bills were the Super Bowl favorites, man. Yeah. If that's the because I don't know what the right. parameters are. The parameters are you turn around the team, okay? Yeah, it's most but time. But don't throw a Sean McDermott in the list. If that's what you're saying. Most of the time, it's exceeding expectations, right? And 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 guess who exceeded most people's expectations? Most national media's expectations. When you're talking about how everyone wanted to crown other teams in the AFC West, how everyone wanted to put the Chiefs down as okay, this is finally the year. The rest of the the rest of the division is catching up. That was a very prevalent theme throughout the offseason and throughout the 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 uh, minds of people that vote on that. Right. So that's why that's where it is a little confusing, because if those same people were the ones touting, OK, Denver's coming. Here come the Raiders. The Chargers are obviously everyone's favorite are coming are, are turning around and then saying, OK, well, hey, he's Andy Reid. He, of course, he won the division. You know, why would he get coach of the year? Yeah, no, I it is blasphemous. So, yeah, I, I think you talk about you talk about, you know, hey, winning seven straight AFC West titles. Well, the more you win it, the more the rest of the teams are building their team just to beat you. So it actually gets harder and harder and harder as you go. The first one's the easiest. So, yeah, it, it is amazing, Jay. I, I can't believe McDermott. You know, it, it, you said it exactly. The expectations part, it just doesn't make any sense. All right, so the injury report comes out today. It kind of caught people off guard. Travis Kelsey shows on it up on it for the first time this week. It's questionable. Three questionable designations for the Chiefs. McCall Hardman, um, Justin Watson, who had an illness. Usually, if you don't practice on Friday, you don't play with Andy Reid, but it's the postseason, so right, it's get better and play because I think that I think he will play. Uh, McCole Hardman tweeted out a picture of you know right. himself on Twitter. Is he ready gotta, to go? I gotta imagine. Right? And Jody Fortson, okay, I think he'll be activated tomorrow. He will. You think? Oh yeah, he will because he's already getting cleats. Uh, well, I already know someone he wants to paint his cleats. Ooh, okay, for okay. This weekend, so I'm pretty sure that's that's not be, just for walking around. It's going to be an activation <laughs> tomorrow. So let, let, let me. I, I saw a verified account just just tweeted this out. Jim Nance is on a golf broadcast, and obviously he's doing the game this weekend for CBS. Uh, and and they've met. Uh, I think tonight is the night they meet with you know Patrick Mahomes and, and the people and. This tweet says that Jim Nance said on the golf broadcast that Travis Kelsey tweaked his back on the second to last play of practice and immediately went in for treatment. And that's why they listen to him as questionable. That doesn't make anybody feel good to hear that. Um, and, and, and it's definitely one of those things where we, there's just no way to know how, how serious that is. You know, maybe in the years past, it's probable, right? You know, we, it, there's no probable designation anymore. You know, it's only questionable. So questionable is always, it always makes you feel a little worrisome when you hear that word, but that's the thing. And you hear all this talk, you know, Julian Edelman has come out um, and said that he's heard from the Bengals, you know, his inside sources that the Bengals are really buying into, okay, we got to hit Travis. You know, they have pictures around their locker room saying, have you tackled Travis Kelsey today? Have you touched Travis Kelsey recently or whatever? That's going to happen. And, 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 you know, if he's going to get taken away anyway, um, you know, maybe the chiefs already have to, you know, have a, have a, have a game plan, you know, besides going to him. So <clears throat> that's not going to, it's not going to change too much, I don't think, but it is, it's not a great thing to hear now. Well, Trevor Lawrence, questionable. Right. The whole week playing the Chiefs, he was questionable a couple weeks even before that. Still played. It's not even mm -hmm. a question. Um, I know he didn't. Travis didn't speak to the media today and getting treatment. Oh, that's what you're going to do. That's more right. important yeah. uh, than anything he was going to say. I mean, no one really cares. I mean, it <laughs> just matters if he's going to play this weekend or not. Yeah. That's, the, that's the key for the Kansas City Chiefs. But what are you expecting from Holmes? who had to stay in the pocket, wasn't sacked. I know you guys had a great article on that at arrowheadpride.com, but how good he looked before the ankle injury, how he's forced to stay in the pocket. They still did not yield a sack, and I don't think a lot of people realize this. Uh, as far as sacks given up this season, 
Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, 30th in the NFL, only two teams gave up more sacks than the Chiefs. Right. Of course, a big byproduct that is Mahomes getting out of the pocket. Right. Now, I'm, I'm really curious to see, man, how much that ankle affects him um, in this game because you talk about passing, and, and, and that's one thing where he's so good at, at being in the pocket, processing all that. But if the Bengals do force him to move, which they, they tend to, right, they t- tend to make him go off his first or second option and make him kind of improvise, is he going to be the same sort of improviser? Is he going to have that same sort of getaway from a rusher? That's, that's really important. At the same time, Jay, I, I think a big important thing in this game is, is he going to be able to go under center and, 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 and hand off from under center? We saw him, you know, really struggle with that last week. Obviously, I was more, when the ankle injury was more fresh, but their under center run game has been very good against Cincinnati, and so is their under center play action game against any opponent this year. If they can't really get to that as much, I, I, I kind of worry about it. So that's one of the key things I'm watching, how well he does from under center. Ron Cop, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Don't forget your comments, 913-586-7610. We'll ask Ron coming up there. He had a great article on Steve Spagnola and how he plans to address uh, this Bengals offense. And also, Kansas City Chiefs pass rush, very underrated. Did a great job all year, except against the Bengals. We'll talk about why next. Welcome back, Jay Binkley, Ron Copley, Dave Laws from ArrowheadPride.com, Jed Marshall producing the operation. Hopefully the Chiefs do not blow a 21-3 lead over the Bengals like they did last year. Please, please that no. That game was cruise no. control. I, People are making Super Bowl plans. Then they play at the end of the half. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Them the I can't. I can't take that again. As someone that was there, as someone that I, I told people for months after that, I felt like I was like in a, fa- a haze, a fog from the halftime on of that game for like the next two months. Like this is not real. This did not just happen. Let's let's not do that this time, Chief. Let's put together a full four quarters because that's something they have not done in any of the games against the Bengals. Any of them. What's your favorite game this year that they played? The Chiefs. Yeah. Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. I like that question. You know, when you talk about maybe an Arrowhead game, Arrowhead moments, you think about that Raiders game when they had Carl Cheffers crying in, into the mic and, and the Chris Jones sack that kind of just brought Arrowhead alive. Carl Cheffers, who's that, calling the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. That'll be that, another storyline. Yeah, in. that's another discussion. But that's that's the kind of Arrowhead I want to see on Sunday. I, I will say the, the, the Mahomes injury last week really did damper the energy of Arrowhead. It really did kind of just – it was a buzzkill. I mean, even when he came back in, I just feel like it wasn't – we couldn't get to that same level – and, you know, I, I know maybe it was just, hey, it's, you know, the Jaguars, you know, it's a playoff game, but I'm expecting a little more, just a more intensity in this, in this arrowhead on Sunday. I'm expecting that Raiders, that Raiders crowd from, from earlier this year, literally booing so hard that Carl Cheffer starts, starts uh, breaking his, or, you know, cracking his voice into the mic. I'm talk, and talking about I think that. he will. Ron, you have a great article <laughs> up at arrowheadpride.com. Steve Spagnuolo knows, quote, finishing the key to stopping the nifty, Joe Burrow. Now, we'll we'll say a few things like this. All right. So, the Chiefs are number two in the NFL in sacks, even though most people don't realize that and won't acknowledge it, but they are. 24 more sacks than they had last year. Yeah. Number two team in the NFL in quarterback pressures. Number one team in the NFL in quarterback hits. Ooh. They found a way to manufacture the blitz. Thought that's what they were going to do all year, which they have. Doesn't always come from the outside. Doesn't always come from the edge. Or Chris Jones in the middle comes from nickel blitzes. They'll manufacture or safety blitz. Right. Leo Chanel even got in on one. It's development of George Koloftis on the outside. Nick Bolton will take his opportunity. He find Nick Derek Nottick got a sack last right. week. A huge Close sack. lined him. He hadn't even sniffed a sack all season and, and destroyed because again caught him off guard. Is Derek Nottick getting to it? And I know it's a cliche. Sounds simple. 
that you got to get the good quarterbacks and bring them down. That sounds so simple. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you got to get to them. Well, teams that did frustrate Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and I'm talking hitting them, making them think about the hit. I remember when the Chiefs went to uh, play in New England years ago before this current regime, Desmond Moses was the only guy to hit Tom Brady, and that was after the after the whistle. Oh, yeah. and Because they couldn't put him on the ground. They couldn't pressure him, and they couldn't get him frustrated. You want to see Brady or Manning throwing the um, – the Microsoft uh, computer down to the ground and <laughs> getting a, yeah, upset on the right. sideline. That's what you want to see him doing. Uh, but you got to be able to find a way to get it because you can take a average quarterback and make him look great against the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Burrow's a damn good quarterback. Really good. You don't want to take a great quarterback and make him look even greater. Again, I mentioned all those great stats about the Chiefs pass rush. They've always looked great. Did not look good in the Bengals in that first meeting. Can that be different this time? Yeah, so I it is on them, right? It is on them to win the blocks. It is on them to shed, you know, shed the blocks and get into the backfield. But and I say that actually because if you look at the last game, there were a few good reps from the Chiefs coverage that that really allowed that forced Burrow to stand back in their pocket and kind of have to wait for something to come open, right? I think the Chiefs actually did a really good job with coverage last time they played in week 13. But you saw on most of those plays He's just sitting back there with with no pressure at all, no sort of you know moving him off his spot, you know you know making him hurry up his timing. He's just hanging out back there. That cannot happen this time. And I am actually I'm feeling good about the fact that they will have a better impact on this game. And and I think it's as simple as there are three backup offensive linemen on the on this team. You talk about last week, everyone saying, "Oh, if three backup linemen didn't look too bad." They were playing in the snow. You know how you know how much. And the Bills' pass rush has not been great. It's not been great Von anyway, Miller right? Such a huge part, percentage wise, of the, right. the sacks the Bills got this year. And on top of that, you're right. You're right. I, and that's why I wanted the Bills. You know, I think the Bills were a way better matchup. On top of that, you can't get much traction in that kind of weather in the snow like that. The offensive linemen get get such an advantage in that situation, in my opinion. And I really think that helped them uh, quite a bit. You, and and who knows? Maybe it, we don't know. It might snow this Sunday. It, it looks like it's going to be super cold and stuff. But all that to say, is it really because they really whiffed on this last? <laughs> yeah, it did snow. Oh my gosh! The Closing the schools. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm not a weatherman. I do sports guys, but I told my mom even this was worried about the snow coming right. this week. I said, look at the temperature. It's going to be like 34. It's not going to stick. Yeah, and it didn't. It all. didn't, but yet they showed the snow plows and the news stories and <laughs> right. at the grocery store and everything. What a joke, but go ahead. Well, you know, and, and, and the point being is just that I, I really do feel like the, the Bengals' offensive line got an advantage last last time. But if you watch the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs-Bengals' last AFC championship last year, Burrow was running for his life a lot of the time. They just didn't get him to the ground. If they can finish those, and, and their offensive line is going to be similar to that this time. They Their offensive line was terrible last year. They upgraded it a lot this offseason, but a lot of those upgrades aren't going to be in this game on Sunday. Uh, Ted Karras might, you know, the starting center still may play, but all that to say is it is up to the pass rush to win because I do think the Chiefs' coverage showed last time that they can make Burrow hold the ball on, uh, on, on situationally on a few snaps. Jamar Chase has been a real thorn in their side. The Chiefs have had a problem with the big physical receivers. Jamar Chase, that regular season game, the first one he played, 11 for 266 and three. I don't think we ever forget that game. Jamar did whatever the hell he wanted. Oh, my gosh. Then they played him again, six for 54 and right. a touchdown. Then seven for 97. 24 catches, 417 yards, and four touchdowns in the three meetings against Kansas Chiefs. T. Higgins. 12 for 200, 200 yards and a touchdown. So T. Higgins has been much more manageable right. than Jamar Chase. But I will say, as I brought up earlier, when the Chargers play the Chiefs this year, they move the ball all around. Mike Williams gets hurt, they get five sacks. Because they concentrate a lot on the physical receivers because that does concern the Chiefs. Yeah, they But they're not leaving the game. 
But Jamar leaves the game, they still get T. Higgins and vice versa. Right. Well, yeah, and the thing with T. Higgins is is you're right. Those stats are you know kind of favorable for the Chiefs. But if you remember last game, he was giving Joshua Williams a lot of trouble, and not necessarily like Joshua Williams wasn't in good coverage. He was just getting. He was just the ball was on point, and and Higgins was was catching it. It w- it wasn't actually you know it wasn't like he was getting blown away in coverage. But at the same time, you know, Joshua Williams got sat down for Jalen Watson for a reason. So you have that matchup now where you have Watson more going to be on T Higgins a lot more than, than you, you had Joshua Williams before who again, Higgins picked on. So that's a key matchup here is if Watson can kind of have a better uh, day against uh, Higgins. How impressive is that with the chiefs considering I know Reed and Mahomes get a lot of the credit, but Brett Veach deserves his credit. Really? For real, because yeah. you got to make these shrewd trades. You got to trade for Orlando Brown, get him from a rival when no one, and I get it, Orlando Brown, a lot of people's, you know, doesn't like Orlando Brown in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah. But I'll say this, who out the hell else were you going to get? Right. Because they weren't there. Because all these guys like Liam Eichenberg and Sam Cosme, Alex Leatherwood, all these guys got moved to guard. There wasn't a left tackle in that draft. And, that's a good and call. there's yeah. Trent Williams that they really wanted that goes to two or three in the morning trying to get him. Didn't work. They got Orlando Brown. But not only that, they got Nick Bolton in that trade because they sent back pick 58, which Brett Beach called the second, third round the hot zone. He drafts Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton. Set a franchise record for the Chiefs in tackles. And, oh, by the way, finished number two in the National Football League in tackles this season, having, a well, an unbelievable year getting to the quarterback. And, again, they got him because of the Orlando Brown trade. Got to make deals like that. You got to take and get uh, Parker Anger for a Charvarius Ward. <laughs> yes. Who ends up you know, going and starting for the 49ers this year. Got to do that. And you got to draft guys in the seventh round. You know, Brock Purdy gets a lot of love because he was the last pick in the draft. But I will say this, Isaiah Pacheco wasn't picked that far far in front of Brock Purdy. He picked 251, led the way for the Chiefs in the running game. Jalen Watson on defense. Those are two seventh-rounders making a difference. you got to do that. You have to have guys like that if you're going to win the NFL because you can't pay everybody – a ton of money you got to hit in the draft yeah and and the thing with like a guy like pacheco too is it's it, it's so easy to say okay seventh round running back you can plug anybody in but you can see that the way he has progressed throughout the season the way he has gotten better he was not the same back in week one week two that he is now he is he is so much better at, at, at being patient you know waiting for his blocks to line up and, and hitting them hitting them at the right angles he's also a lot better at actually breaking tackles i think that was something everyone was 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 very excited about with him. And I don't think right away he was doing a very good job of it. I think he was running hard, but not necessarily running through anybody. You're seeing him run through arm tackles more. And it just makes makes me say that. It's it's not just, okay, Veach just plugged a seventh-round running back. It's it's Or Andy Reid plugged in a seventh-round running back. It's that Brett Veach found this very talented back in the seventh round. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're giving Veach some credit there. I mean, he deserves it for what you're doing because you got to hit on these type of things. Because Chiefs were maybe going to take a step back this year. Everybody picked everybody else in the AFC West. Exactly. It didn't matter. But this is what happens in the front office. You lose Tyree Kill. What are you going to do? Well, they spread the ball around. They went back to the lab, came up with a different kind of offense to go. But you did mention that Bengals offensive line. Because I've heard a lot of talk about the uh, Bengals offensive line, how they had these backups. But again, the Bills only had 40 sacks this season. Right. Different pass rush. Exactly. Jonah Williams, who's out this game, started the Super Bowl with them. So don't tell me he didn't start. He started the Super Bowl with them. They bring in over Alex Kappa from the uh, Buccaneers, who wasn't even on the team last year. Nope. And if you're that good, you're going to start. And let's not forget how bad the Bengals line was. The Bengals would be wearing a Super Bowl ring if they had an offensive line because that was a really close game versus the Rams in which they, they sacked Joe Burrow seven times. That's very similar to the way the Chiefs offensive line played against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, Chiefs' offensive line is probably worse in that game, but Cincinnati's offensive line was crap. 
Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. They improved it a lot this year, and it actually helped Burrow's development this year. And it actually may have, may help him, you know, kind of a, in a funny way. You know, having that great offensive line to start the season may help him now that that he's not going to maybe have the same guys because he gets the ball out quick a lot better than he did last year. He was much more of a gunslinger, I feel like, last year. This year, he's much more calculated, much more decisive. So, yeah, no, Gerald Burrow's, uh, you know, the, the improved offensive line has helped, but we'll see if it, you know, it, it continues on Sunday. So I'm curious what the Spags has up his sleeve. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't think a lot of things we see are going to be things we saw this season. Right. Well, that, that's one I thing I will. disguising coverages. Yeah, exactly. I want to say real quick, one thing is, is, is that I feel like Spags has not mixed around like disguise coverages pre-snap and moved to things, you know, after the snap as much this year because he has so many young DBs, so many new DBs, right? Justin Reed's even a first year, even if he's a veteran. I think in the playoffs, he's trusting those guys more. You saw it against Jacksonville. He was moving the safeties around more looking like man turning into zone, looking like a blitz turning into an eight-man drop. You're going to see that against Burrow, and that is one way, to again, to help the pass rush get home is to, to make Burrow hold on to the ball. No question. When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, – we'll ask Ron about the most important player for the Chiefs in this game. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be on offense? Is it going to be Chris Jones? Is it going to be Travis Kelsey? Is it going to be Patrick Mons? Who's it going to be? We'll discuss that next. <laughs> Welcome back, Jay Bingley, Ron Cobb, Jed Marshall, producing the operation. All right, most important player in this year's uh, in this year's postseason. We'll just stick with the Chiefs. I know Lewis Riddick was saying Chris Jones being imperative, which he will be. He's got to get that first sack, even though he did rip off uh, what Joe Burrow's name tag uh, was it last year. Oh, I remember that in a game, but he's got to be able to get to the quarterback. Yeah, Chris Jones is the easy answer. It's the answer I wanted to go with. But, you know, I want to be different, Jay. I want to be different. And and there is a key player here that, that does have a really important role in this game that you may overlook, but linebacker Nick Bolton really does need to step up and, and, and really have a good game, especially against the run, but also in the pass game, you know, taking up those middle, you know, middle of the field lanes. That That's not what happened last time. Joe Burrow actually had the stat on, on, on the site. Joe Burrow completed 13 of the 14 pass attempts he had between the numbers in the week 13 game, he was able to get anything he wanted to tight ends to receivers over the middle. And it's because he was able to manipulate, I will say both Nick Bolton and Willie Gay in coverage. And and so that's an important thing for them. They really need to, you know, just have a better feel for routes. And I know that's not their strength or anything, but it's an important part of this game. But on top of that, what is Nick Bolton's strength is run defense, right? Plugging holes, hitting people. He needs to be more aggressive this time. And maybe that's maybe that's part of the game plan last time. They were playing a lot of soft coverages. He was, you know, dropping back a lot, maybe not, you know, pushing forward. I want Spags to tell him to to go forward, get after it, because that's what he does best. And and they'll need it against Joe Mixon and Samaj Piran, two guys that can run you over if you don't bring your hard hat. There seems to be a lot of criticism sometimes about the number two tackler in the NFL. The most sure handed tackler the Chiefs have, honestly. Of course. Of course. He misses some, sure, but <laughs> most of the time he doesn't. Yeah, no, and, and I and, and I will say, no, there's nothing wrong with his, his tackling. I will say there are times where I, I, I'd love to see him get off a block a little better. I do think that was a big part of the Bengals game. If you watch, it's actually the first third down of the game. You know, Bolton kind of does have a chance to make a play if he slices around a blocker and, 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 and you know, just aggressively shoots, and he kind of just lets the blocker take him, and, and it goes for a first down. That's why I say I want to see him play with his hair on fire. And, and I do think there is something, too, Spag saying, hey, we're playing a lot of you know soft coverage and stuff. That changes your mindset as a linebacker. Okay, I got to drop back more. I can't play as forward. Let's see if they can get him playing forward, get him on with his hair on fire a little more, just so he can play more aggressive than I feel like he did last time. And he'll be a huge part to this game if he can play well. What worries you more, the Bengals' uh, offense, the defense? I know the defense is getting a lot of run. 
But the Chiefs are 11th in total defense. Bengals are 16th in total defense. Pass defense, they're 23rd. Uh, the Chiefs are 18th. Run defense, the Chiefs are 8th. Uh, the Bengals are 7th, just one one better than the Chiefs. Uh, they are better in points per game. Chiefs are not good in, in the points per game, which is the most important uh, stats, by the way. They're 16th. 6th is what the Bengals are. Uh, but in the red zone, 23rd in the NFL, given at 52%. Chiefs are bad in the red zone, too. So are the Cincinnati Bengals. Defense has been playing well. I mean, they have a good pass rush at this point. Now, during the season, they didn't. Um, during the season, the Bengals were 28th in the NFL in sacks. Yeah. I've seen there was that. only two teams that had fewer sacks than the Cincinnati Bengals. But they, they turn it up when it is the right time. But should the Chiefs be concerned at all because of Mahomes, you know, in the um, – in the way that he's been playing, by the way, 116 passes on the run, second in the NFL. Right. 851 passing yards, most in the NFL. Well, th- there is something. Oh, James Palmer had that. Yeah, and, th- and there is something, too, because that is how Mahomes plays. But if you remember last AFC Championship and, and, and maybe even sometimes in that Week 13 game, you almost kind of you know want Mahomes to not improvise as much and kind of stay within himself, or stay within the offense, the rhythm of the offense, because when the Bengals do – drop their seven, eight guys in coverage and really, you know, try to cloud, you know, where he wants to go. It only makes it, it, it's only harder if you hold onto the ball longer against those kind of flooded coverages, right? Because it gives defenses time to locate receivers and really cover them up. The more there are, the easier that is to do. And so when you have those eight man coverages, a lot of times it's it's about getting the ball out quick. And if you don't have the improvise, if you're not confident in you scrambling around, like he usually does, if you're not confident in escaping the pocket and making plays on the run, maybe that forces you to get rid of the ball quicker, to play within the rhythm of the offense, and maybe that's a good thing. So I don't know. Maybe there's a silver lining in this too because the Bengals do tend to make Mahomes hesitate, right? Make Mahomes, you know, hold on to the ball. If he can kind of force himself to get rid of the ball quick and just get it into the hands of a check down, get it in the hands of a receiver, even if he doesn't seem to have much of space to work, let him make a play. I, I think that is one thing the last game you noticed. The the Bengals made the Chiefs tackle. The Chiefs didn't really make the Bengals tackle. They were trying to go a lot of downfield passes, a lot of stuff, not really, you know, relying on the yak. They have a guy like Kadarius Tony now. They have, you know, guys like Jarek McKinnon playing more within the offense. So I think that's a key part in here is just Mahomes maybe just trusting his playmakers to make plays. Do you like the Bengals running game? Certainly it's playing better. Over the season, they didn't run the ball much. Mm-hmm. They were 29th in the NFL in running the football. Only three teams worse than the Bengals in running the football, but Pirine. Yeah. Mixon, they they get those uh, certainly get those tough yards. And I'll say this: remember how many people made a big deal about Mahomes playing um, Baker Mayfield, and everybody talking <laughs> about that game where Mahomes threw it for seven hundred thirty-four yards. Of course, remember everybody talking about that game because Baker Mayfield was good in that game. He had uh, five hundred forty-five yards, seven touchdowns. Mahomes threw Mahomes threw for seven thirty-four. <laughs> people forget Joe Mixon played in that game as well. What was his stat? Joe Mixon had 263 yards rushing, two touchdowns, <laughs> four catches, 114 yards, and three touchdowns. Oh, my God. He had five touchdowns in that game, 263 rushing, 114. No one talks about that. Everybody likes to make this big deal about Baker Mayfield and oh, Patrick Mahomes. They forget that Joe Mixon <laughs> started in that game as well. Well, hey, and, and, and you know, with, uh, before Mixon, it was Samaj Piran setting the NCAA rushing record against Kansas in a single game. I think Melvin Gordon broke it like the week after or something. No, but... it was Gordon first and then Piran. Oh, Piran broke it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you're talking about some some Big 12 Oklahoma legends in that backfield just, you know, have some big well, games the in their history. Big 12 but... can't win a game as a quarterback in, in the NFL. <laughs> Mahomes is the first Big 12 quarterback to ever win a playoff game. Right. And now we're sitting here. 
Yeah. Loaded with Big 12 quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts. I get it. He played at Alabama, but Brock he did Purdy. finish up yeah. at Oklahoma. And Brock Purdy and Mahomes. That's there three Big 12 quarterbacks. I love that. No, but but when you when you talk about you know when you talk about Joe Mixon and Samaj Piran, what they do is they run hard. They they run downhill, and the Bengals' run game allows them to. They don't do a lot of you know the Chiefs like to do outside zone stretch because runs. Because the concentration on Burrow. I think a lot of it is the concentration on Burrow, but they are running backs that take advantage of it by breaking tackles, you know, in the open field, you know, they're not the guy that's going to, neither of them are very easy to tackle one-on-one. You got to bring guys to the table to tackle them. And so that's a big part of it. When you have those light boxes trying to defend the pass, you end up with one guy trying to tackle them, right? You know, a Nick Bolton or Willie Gay, that's why they're so important because they need to make those tackles one-on-one Sunday. What do you think of Willie Gay's comments the other day? What do you like best about the Bengals offense? Nothing. I see it. I, I know there's not been much smack, and that's not really smack. He just that's what he should say. He yeah. That's what he should say. What's he gonna say? Oh, but Joe Burrow's so good. I mean, listen, you give the Chiefs have been good about giving them credit. There hasn't been a lot of smack back and forth. Definitely Justin Reed did a lot more of it the first, first time. time around. <laughs> right. But I like that. I like the Chris Jones said we'll see at Burrowhead. I like that one. I like that one. No, Which is I, fine. I, I will say with the Willie Gay one, you know, you listen back to the question. I mean, he, the question is asking him, what do you like most about the Bengals offense? And he says nothing, as in there's not one single thing I like most about the Bengals offense. It's all good. He should have just said everything's good. He shouldn't have said just the word nothing and moved on. So because yeah. right, right before that, he's saying, you know, we're just going to let our, you know, talk, you know, our, our uh, play do the talking. He, he said, you know, Andy, you know, we're, we're following Andy. Reid. We're not, you know, we're not going to be, he was basically saying that they're not going to give any bulletin board material and then ended up accidentally giving bulletin board material. So it is a little funny, but Hey, you know, there's gotta be some sort of, you know, it's gotta be some sort of back and forth. It couldn't have just been all one-sided. Do you think this is one of those games where, Andy Reid's been criticized before about not being so aggressive. And then the Houston game, he was aggressive. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they turn the ball over when that happens. Like the Denver Broncos game, they turned it over right before half there, and they got those two touchdowns and one at the second half. Do you think this is one of those games where he sees the comebacks? He saw what happened. Jacksonville, by the way, is a team that comes back a lot. That's what – because their last five games, they've come back from, what, 17 down, 27 down. Cardiac Jags. So they, they were a team that comes back. Bengals have the capability to come back from any score absolutely in the football game because of how good that offense uh, can be. You're expecting something completely different from, especially offense. You see a lot more Jarek McKinnon. We've seen a lot more of him out of the backfield, and he's a tremendous blocker. But quick hitters from Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of the football. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually get some protection, fake it, go downfield with it from time to time. I mean, I'm still waiting for Scantlin. I mean, I know he's his yards per catch are good. He had a good game against the Bengals last time. I'm waiting for that 4-3-7 speed to be – he does throw to Justin Watson downfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he does, and sometimes it drives me crazy. But, yeah, no, MVS actually got loose on a couple big plays against the Bengals in Week 13, if you remember, because the Bengals did test the blitz a couple times, and Mahomes made him pay. And I do think there is something to the Bengals maybe turning up that aggressive aggressiveness, maybe blitzing a little more because they're going to bank on, hey, Mahomes can't escape this when, with the ankle. He's not going to be as dangerous with that ankle. I, I, I kind of want to welcome that. I kind of want to welcome that blitz. I think that's going to help the Chiefs offense if the Bengals do kind of turn up that aggression and, and maybe maybe send more guys blitzing-wise than, than th- this time rather than drop so many guys into coverage. I think that could be a little wrinkle the Bengals try to do, and I'm, I'm hoping the Chiefs can, can have an answer for it. Good stuff. We come back, ask Ron Cop questions. Plus, we'll take a look at the NFC title game and make our predictions on this week's game, Nick. Welcome back, Jay Binkley, Ron Cop, who's the lead analyst from Arrowhead Pride, 
www.jidmarshall.com. Jid Marshall producing the operation. It's good to have you in for an hour. It's good to talk to you as we talked a lot last year during the draft. And we'll be doing some special draft tier stuff uh, coming up. Stay tuned for that. Uh, all the way leading up to the draft here in Kansas City. Plan on spending a lot of time um, doing that as like the focus basically on this. Ron, I, I ask you your favorite game. My favorite game was 49ers, by the way. Okay, the that's a good scored one. 44 good points one. on the road. And keep in mind, they scored 41 on the Bucks when they were the number five in the NFL of scoring defense. Then they go on the road and put 44 on the 49ers. Way with, more impressive, yeah. With the number one defense and the number one scoring defense in the NFL, people are not talking about that nationally when they talk about the 49ers being their darling. Chiefs put 44 points on them. I don't care who's quarterback, pretty or whatever, they don't play defense. Yeah. They've won every game since then, but the Chiefs still beat the hell out of them in San Francisco. I know. I think everyone just like any game before Jim or Brock Purdy got in, right? Any game before that Jimmy Garoppolo injury is just like, oh, it doesn't count. You know, this is a new Niners team, but that defense was healthy. If you remember the defense, the Niners defense, everyone was there for the most part. There might have been one guy missing. But from what I remember, because it was a talking point up to that game, but they came back. It was one of those things. Everyone made the joke. Oh, okay. They're healthy for the Chiefs game. Of course. That's what happened. And like you said, 44 points. I don't know. That, that You're right. No one talks about it. I think that was my uh, favorite game because everybody loves the Niners. Everybody always likes oh, yeah. somebody else. They did it all year with the Chiefs. They like the Chargers. They like the Broncos. People like the Raiders because they made the playoffs last season. Oh, by the way, there's the Chiefs. Oh, by the way, they ended up in the AFC title game again. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid went to five title games in Philadelphia. He's been the five in Kansas City. That's crazy. The NFL is not set up like this, like I said. And a lot of people don't realize only four players remain on this roster predating Mahomes. That's it. And two of them are specialists in Winchester and Butker. <laughs> wow. Okay. Did That's not realize insane. that. Honestly, I didn't realize they, they, they have flipped the roster. Yeah. Like the Chiefs have totally flipped the roster and stayed good. Think about even the flip from the 2019 team that won the Super Bowl. I mean, you're talking about you still have the Steve Spagnuolo as the defensive coordinator, but how many stay, you know, stays do you, or mainstays do you have from that team on defense, especially on offense too, though? The offensive line's completely changed. You know, I mean, your weapons have pretty much completely changed. I mean, think McColl's really the only weapon from that team that's still on, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey, but, uh, you know, wide receiver running back-wise. Yeah, no, you're you're right, and and that's the the testament you you mentioned, Veach. I mean, think about how many rookies are impacting this team right now, and think about how many guys that weren't on this team last year are just impacting this team, and our X factors in this game, like a Kadarius Tony, like an Isaiah Pacheco, a lot of guys. I mean, Carl Loftus is a huge X factor in this game as well. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's it's shout out to Veach, just how he can turn this roster around and keep him here. All right, Niners and Eagles, Eagles, great defense as well. Like the Niners, number one team at getting to the quarterback. They have 50 more sacks than any team in the NFL. Crazy. And the second place team is the Chiefs at 55. They have 70 on the season. Jalen Hurts uh, has had a fantastic year. A.G. Brown has looked good for the Eagles. It's in Philadelphia. San Francisco, again, I think Kyle Shanahan has done a masterful job the way he's using Brock Purdy, finding a way to win with him, not using it as, as excuse in winning football games. It's great zone blocking team, great running team. I like how physical they play. Philly plays physical as well. Yeah. What do you like in this game? I, I do think the Eagles are are just way too good of a team this year. I mean, just so well-rounded. I mean, you talk about the 49ers defense, and, and, and you know, they are very, very talented. But the weakness of the 49ers defense, you talk about the corners, the outside, kind of the outside passing game, the deep passing game, because they do play a lot of cover three, one high, and, and, and you're going to get – 
big play opportunities. And the Eagles have guys that are going to take advantage of those opportunities. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins even getting deep. Dallas Goddard over the middle even as well, even though obviously Fred Warner's a, you know great at, at taking those away. But that's where I, I do think the Niners defense, you know, they, they have all these answers for what Philly can do until you kind of get to the outside. I mean, Traverius Ward, you know, he had a he had a pretty ugly half against DK Metcalf. And, and I think A.J. Brown's an, a different animal even than DK Metcalf. They're, they're both really good receivers, but A.J. Brown can do a little more, in my opinion. And so that's why, you know, on the on that's why I feel like I like the Eagles. And, and then you flip it to the other side. The, the Niners offensive line is good, but I do think they get you know, kind of um, masked by the, the scheme. And, and I do think a, a front like the, the Eagles can take advantage of them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Eagles on this. I, th- I think they handle it. All right, Ron, we have several questions here about the Bengals. 3-0 and against the Chiefs in the last year. Chiefs have had bad luck against the Bengals. I, I know this game's in Kansas City. They haven't beaten them in Cincinnati since 1984. Yeah. And they're, what, 14-18 against the Bills lifetime – or, excuse me, the Bengals lifetime – I know the game's an arrowhead. All these games have been close. The Chiefs have blown it in uh, many cases, including that 21-3 lead last year in the title game when they took their foot off the gas, had a four-point lead, 4.55 left in the game, then the fumble. They have self-destructed against this football team. The Bengals in the head, or have the Bengals pissed them off? Oh, I, I think it's the latter. Absolutely. I mean, you you talk, you hear Chris Jones leaving the st- the podium today and, and saying, "See y'all in Burrowhead," you know, with the, with with no smile whatsoever. And 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 you see the other guys. I mean, you know, even the Willie Gay clip. I mean, you you look at him. He is he is locked in. He is you know no smile or anything. He's ready to go. It absolutely. I mean, all this all this talk. I mean, all this you know all the Bengals. I mean, acting like they have they have won the AFC already. I mean, that's got to drive them crazy. I mean, the Ch- the Chiefs are the team that's actually gone through this you know multiple times and have actually gotten to the to the mountain to the pinnacle right I mean the Bengals even haven't gotten to that point yet even though they were the one that that beat them last year it's got to drive them crazy I mean I gotta imagine the, the Chiefs are getting driven crazy by this so I, I think it's absolutely the latter that they're pissed off more than it's you know that it's uh, you know they're scared of them or I think both these teams could play the disrespected card yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I, right. Chiefs have been disrespected all year with people there are certain, certainly people like Lewis Riddick and stuff like that to talk but a whole lot of NFL Network and, of course, you know, the Peter Schrager's of the world that is on the fence a lot of times. Yeah, he like goes back whoever. and forth. Yeah. Kyle Brandt likes the Bills. Uh, I've seen a lot of the power rankings going for the last couple of weeks of the season, picking the 49ers to be the best team in the NFL. So Chiefs can play the disrespect card, and they will because they like playing that. If you're good, it's like Nick Saban when he once called it rat poison. Right. People were picking George right. over them. They said that because people were always picking Bama because it's refreshing not to be picked all the time. So the guys get a you know a dose of the way it is. Right. Um, the Bengals can play that card. The Bengals were not highly expected to get back to the Super Bowl. No. They had extremely low Super Bowl odds for a team that just went there, started off the season slow, ended up here. They could play the disrespect card, the whole coin toss thing that never happened. Absolutely. The neutral site game. They were the uh, underdogs. Then they were the favorite against the Chiefs. Now they're back to the underdogs, one and a half point uh, dogs, which. Can't make a max. One and a half points for a home team is not big for the Chiefs, considering usually you get three if you're the home team. But it was Bengals favored for it. I feel both these teams feel they're disrespected in some cases. I think you're 100% right. But I do think the way the Bengals are talking and everything, it's almost like their disrespect, like they kind of got to that. They kind of proved that disrespect wrong and like already, right? Like I, I feel like they already are kind of like, okay, we we proved everyone that Bills, you know, we were going to beat the Bills before that coin toss stuff was stupid. We got back here. No one said we were going to get, you know, win the division even. Everyone thought the Ravens were going to do it. But I, the way they're talking, it's almost like they, they accomplished that goal last week. 
Like, okay, we proved everyone wrong. Like suckers. Like you thought, you know, you thought we were going to be, that's the way they're talking. And I, I want to say this. It's almost, it kind of reminds me of last year when the chiefs beat the bills. Everyone's like, that was the AFC championship. You know, that was really, who's going to go to the super bowl. There's something to kind of that team that just came off an emotional high emotional win. Everyone talking about it. And the other team on the other side, no one's really talking about him as much. That was the Bengals last year. Now it's the Chiefs, in my opinion, this year. So. I think the Super Bowl is going to be tremendous. I do think this oh, the course. four best teams yeah, still right, going right. at it. I agree. I think the Chiefs were a better fit with the Bills, to be honest with you. I know they lost in the regular season, but I think they're in their heads in the postseason when it matters. I like the Chiefs matchup with them a lot. But the four best teams remain. One thing is for sure we're going to see a tremendous Super Bowl. Whoever's in right. the Super Bowl, on AFC or NFC, it's going to be a big game. All right. Who do the, who's playing the Super Bowl? Well, I said the We're Eagles. Bengals, Eagles. No, heck no, heck okay. no. No, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are getting it done this this weekend, man. I'm, I'm telling you, there's going to be a locked in intensity, a focus that we, you know, have been waiting to see since last year's AFC Championship. Frankly, and and I think this team just needed to get back to this goal. I think they're already going to be locked in either way, but I think the Bengals are just you know, really driving that home for a man. I really see, I really think you see this an over my dead body game from the entire team. I think the chiefs get this done. They had hobbled up my home, still took care of business against Jags. Right. Bengals look great against the bills. Let's not forget how terrible they looked against the Ravens and a backup quarterback. Probably shouldn't have even been in that game against the bills. Cause both the bills and the Bengals almost choked round one. I know that was a fun wild card round, man. That was really fun. But I think that's another part of this too. It's underrated, man. The chiefs kind of died in the second half last year, the AC championship. They didn't have the bye week The Bengals didn't have a bye week this time. The chiefs do. I think that does play into this quite a bit too. that fatigue, fatigue level. Even if they don't feel it right now, it'll start feeling it in the game. So I think it's a big part of this chiefs win chiefs and Eagles win both the bye week teams. I think it shows you how important it is. The question is, will fans wear this shirt? Take care. See y'all at Burrow. Oh yeah. I can't wait to get, buy that shirt. Oh yeah. Can't wait. No, actually if he one, wins, he can carry on and will continue saying it or not him, but the team will continue saying it. But if he loses, right. Cause Eli Apple for being a very mediocre to bad player. Sure. <laughs> he made the bills fans so much fan, fans. So mad. They're going for the chiefs now. Yeah, I know. Right. I know that, that that's the, you know, that bills Bengals fan marriage really didn't well, last which is very crazy long. sports bar <laughs> in Western New York. They carry the bills game there in Rochester. I go on with their show all the time. They come on here. And uh, they were laughing at us when we picked Mahomes. Yeah. And that's the first time I ever went on with them. When the Bills traded back and we got Mahomes because they didn't think he was going to be that good. Oh, my they God. Is now, they are now, obviously, and I talked to them all the time. This is They're the biggest Bills homers. This is what they said to me yesterday. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. You ask your picks, though, but who are you going for? Like oh. when you're sitting there having a few pops. I'll, 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 that's easy. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be rooting for the Niners, uh, and I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. Same. Ah. These are two guys that are always bills, bills, bills. We make bets all the time. They send me beer. I send them whatever, which it's been me receiving it, not them. <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, hey, I, if you're a Bills fan after that last week, you don't want to see the Bengals win anymore. I mean, they, they came into your house and embarrassed you. I imagine everyone wants to, you know, all those Bills fans want to see the Bengals get kind of, uh, you know, humbled a little bit. Got to have a quarterback. I mean, Brock Purdy, you know, showing, well, maybe not need that, but you need a damn good head coach. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. McDermott apparently better coach than Andy Reid, according to Coach of the Year. Andy Reid got the most out of Alex <laughs> Smith. I know Harbaugh right. did, but he ended up getting benched. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You no. can make an argument Urban Meyer and Andy Reid got the best out of Alex Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Because Urban Meyer <laughs> got Alex Smith the number one pick in the draft at Utah. Yeah. They went undefeated that year, didn't they? In Which college? is insane considering <laughs> how bad he did in the NFL. 
yeah. how good he was with Alex Smith at Utah. Yeah, some guys, you got to stay on Saturdays, man. Stay on Saturdays. Good stuff. Ron Copley, the NL Zero Head Pride.com. Enjoyed it, Ron. Look forward to more and more articles. Yes, from you. sir. We'll talk to you as we get closer to the draft as well. Appreciate you, Jay. Thanks for having me on, man.